3: with your host,
0: John Rush. All right, it is Thursday. Welcome, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. We do, in fact, today have both Dr. Kelly Victory and Steve House. I'll start with Dr. Kelly, because ladies, Dr. Kelly Victory, I should say, ladies first. Dr. Kelly, welcome. Hey,
2: thanks. Great to have the band back together.
0: Always a joy, always a joy. Steve, welcome back. We had a great time last week in spite of uh, Dr. Kelly uh, being on a plane, so we had a good time anyways.
5: Yeah, and, you know, I, it, a question came up in my head right off the bat today when Charlie called and he said, we got Dr. Victory on the line. Are you ready? And I'm like, are you expecting that I've taken some moderate drugs? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is it that i, I mean? ready how? You know, I, no, that's I, good. I, either, I don't get
0: it. You know, along those lines, and Dr. Kelly, and you and Steve both, you guys sent me some things we'll get into in a moment. Before that, though, Dr. Kelly, you sent Steve and I and others a – Video that's on YouTube still to this day. In fact, we put it up on our Facebook page uh, today. I had uh, producer Ann do that, and it's a a video with David Martin really explaining the origins. I guess maybe is the best way for me to say, Doctor Kelly, all of coronavirus, the patents, exactly what's gone on up to this point. Do you want to give sort of a little recap of that video?
2: Sure. This was uh, Dr. David Martin, who is not a medical doctor, by the way. Correct. He has a Ph.D. in economics or business of some sort. He knows Uh, data. He does, and he's quite well informed about the the data regarding uh, not only COVID, but going back some decades with regard to gain-of-function research and the participation of the United States uh, government and, and NIH and CDC and and those organizations in gain of function and what he's doing in this testimony which was happened in may in brussels belgium uh... at a hearing from the european parliament he was testifying with regard fundamentally to the timeline of events which Proves as far as with the data that he has presented and the documents, all of which are very, very well borne out. This is not his personal opinion. Right. He exposes that the timeline of this entire debacle, which far, far predates the announcement that we had a pandemic in January of 2020. He relates it back and and proves via his documentation. That not only was the United States involved in gain-of-function research, but specifically on coronaviruses, that they have their fingerprints on the development of the original Mm -hmm. SARS, SARS SARS-CoV-1, that that outbreak that happened in 2003. (coughs) He shows the timeline of patents that Moderna and Pfizer and others had patents going back well more than a decade, uh, for vaccines to target these man-made viruses, specifically these coronaviruses, and on and on. So what he is doing, and he's not the only one, uh, Attorney Tom Renz has also been doing it very, very prolifically, they are exposing a timeline of corruption. And really, I think, if I had to summarize it, again, it gets back to what I've said more than once. These were not mistakes my government made. Correct. These were lies my Correct. government told me. There was a huge, complex, orchestrated lie that involved the Department of Defense, involved not only the origin of this virus itself, which was clearly man-made, but proves that there was no warp speed vaccine because they'd been working on these vaccines and had patents on these vaccines going back to say, you know, 2015. Uh, not something that happened when we were told that all of a sudden there 's a novel virus that hit our shores uh,
0: very well said as far as the the explanation of all of that and I think what 's interesting and some of the things that I gathered out of that that again, not that i didn 't know all of these things, but i didn 't know some of the specific dates that he lined out i e the first spike protein patent was in 1990, this whole, you know, warp speed development of the mRNA, which, you know, I think Trump was not blaming Trump, by the way, I think he was sold on all of this. The reality was there was nothing that was going to be warp speed driven because it had been in the works for years and years, decades prior to that. Right, Dr. Kelly?
2: Exactly. Uh, It had been in works for decades. And the, the other thing that he actually talks about briefly is something that I've said Not only on this show, you know, half a dozen times, if not more, but others, which talks about the idea that the the very concept of creating a vaccine for a coronavirus was preposterous. I said this from a beginning. There's a reason we have never had Mm -hmm. an effective vaccine for the common cold, because coronaviruses mutate too quickly. All viruses mutate. But coronaviruses are particularly adept at it. They do it more quickly than others. And that is why they have always escaped vaccination. Vaccines always fail. And as he says in this bit of testimony, that, my friends, was the established science up until 2018. Mm -hmm. We have known for decades. You can't, I hate to break it to you, but you cannot create a vaccine against a coronavirus Because it mutates too quickly. I said this at the first talk of developing a vaccine for COVID-19, and people called me a heretic. But Mm -hmm. that is the reality. That is the science, that you cannot create an effective vaccine for these. So the idea that they even went down that road Mm -hmm. was a fool's errand at
5: best.
0: Steve, and again, you and I are not doctors either. Dr. Kelly, of course, is medical doctor. You and I are, in a lot of ways, I'm not comparing myself, by the way, any shape or form to you or even David Martin. But, you know, I can read and I can analyze data and look at different things and pretty well understand what's going on based upon the information that I can gather and and am even fed in a lot of cases. You, on the other hand, are very much like... Uh, David Martin, in regards to gleaning that data, having that in front of you, being able to look at these things, and frankly, what's, what's happening now is just a, a re-verification of all the things you and I and Dr. Kelly have been talking about for two-plus years now.
5: Yeah, I think it goes even farther after watching that video, John. I mean, I'm sitting out here in Ohio today, and people out here don't know when to make a decision for or against the vaccine. But what I saw in that video and what we've been talking about for two years is essentially, what crooks call a long con. Mm. You know, so you, you take a long period of time to con a bunch of people um, in your best interest. I mean, David Martin talked about the fact that, you know, there were slides he showed that said, if you do this, the profit makers, the people who want to make yeah. a profit will invest in it. But it goes back to 65, right? I mean, it, 90 to 2018 was that period where they were trying to make the vaccine. And, and I think there was a couple of other sort of side things. I, I asked Kelly to correct if I'm wrong here, but so you make a vaccine, and most for most of the period of time, it was taking a virus that was either active or dead. It helps create a response in the body, yada, yada, yada. All this time, from 1990 onwards they're looking at mRNA, which is a completely different animal. Um, it doesn't do it that way. They're looking at a framework to pre- create vaccines. In the meantime, you go from the FDA and the CDC testing drugs or vaccines and creating research studies that tell you, what is working and what's not working to all of a sudden the pharma companies themselves are actually doing that. Mm. So now all of a sudden i said, okay, wait a minute. So the guy that was testing efficacy, testing transmissibility, and all that other stuff, no longer is doing that. I'm going I get to show the data that I want to show. I also want to make a billion plus dollar vaccine. So what do I need to do that? Well, now it looks like if I took the coronavirus, which because it's fast mutating is not a good vaccine candidate, but it's also a great Pandemic candidate, right? It's a great uh, candidate to put something out there that's, you know, capable of moving quickly, getting people afraid. Because when people go from, you know, three people in a nursing home in Seattle sick to 5,000 people in less than three weeks, that scares the heck out of people. Now they're going to take a vaccine. I think it was a massive long con and I'll close by saying, John, I think it was the greatest crime perpetrated on humanity ever. As bad as Hitler was, and I, I, I hate to compare that. There was so many people are going to die from this. It's just insane.
0: We'll talk more about that as soon as we come back, by the way. Some of you with questions, text them in as we speak, 307-282-22, 307-282-22. We'll be right back, though. Absolute electrical, plumbing, heating, and air. Don't forget to ask about the Quiet Cool System, which on days like today especially will save you a boatload of money. Call them today. Find them at Com.
4: When your air conditioning isn't working properly, you're sticky, hot, and miserable, and you just want it fixed fast. Absolute Electrical, Plumbing, Heating, and Air have the staff, vehicles, and inventory to do the job right, right now. Smaller companies often have to order parts or come back another day to finish. But Absolute has the staff to repair your AC typically on the same day. Even if you need an entirely new HVAC system installed, in many cases, they can do that by the next day. Absolute's highly qualified technicians also have best-in-class support back in their office in the rare case they hit a snag and need assistance. This means that you don't just get one tech, you have a whole team of techs who will help get your home cooled off without unnecessary delays. Right now, for KLZ listeners, Absolute will take off up to $500 for a full AC furnace install. Reach out to Absolute Electrical Plumbing Heating and Air today at klzradio.com absolute and get cool fast.
6: For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air.
0: All right, Affordable Interest Mortgage Kurt Roger will be joining me at 5 o'clock tonight. In the meantime, anything you need, get those questions ready. You can call him direct, 720-895-0500.
7: seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. That's seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. And the MLS two nine eight one nine one regulated by DOR.
0: No liberal media bias here. This is Rush to Reason. Alright, we are back. Questions for Dr. Kelly or Steve House? Please let me know. 307 22 is the phone number. And for those of you who may be listening for the first time, Dr. Kelly Victory has been with us many, many times. You can find all about her on our website, com. There's an entire page dedicated to her, giving all the credentials, background, the things that we have focused on for the past two plus years. And Steve House is, happens to be the gentleman that has a lot of experience in this particular area from the admin side and really put Steve or Steve, you're the one that really put Dr. Kelly and our program, all three of us together at one time. Which again, I talked about this last week. But thank you very much for doing that. I had some comments even after the program last week that said, "Wow, I didn't realize that you, Steve, were the nucleus in getting all of this together." So thank you for doing that. By the way.
5: Yeah, and we also had to bring you in here. Not only you're smart, but you created the who is the real Kelly Victory website, and I really love it. Carl.
0: Well, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Dr. Kelly. Um, Uh, Charlie just mentioned this a moment ago, and I did not catch this, so I got to give him kudos for this as well. He saw in the news yesterday, Biden canceled Wuhan funding yesterday, a 10-year funding ban, which begs the question, have we just been funding this thing all along, even though Obama said to kick it out of the U.S.? We just kept funding it this entire time?
2: Yeah, this is big news and it's typical sleight of hand by the federal government and and I hate to say it but I suspect this happens under uh conservative or republican administrations as well. The reality is that Obama put a moratorium on gain of function research back in September of 2014. Okay. At that time and this is uh is revealed as well in that bit of uh testimony we were just talking about um the Anthony Fauci, however, called the folks who were actively involved in coronavirus gain-of-function research, specifically at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, my medical school alma mater, month uh, mater. They were doing that in 2014, and Anthony Fauci called and said, you know, Obama's just put a moratorium on this. You aren't technically allowed to do it anymore, but since your grant was funded beforehand, yep. he essentially decided, grandfathered them in and yep. said, but you guys already have the grant, so you can go just ahead keep and spending keep doing it. it.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You can just keep spending it. You can keep doing that research. And that's what they did. And then subsequently, they ended up funneling money through EcoHealth Alliance right. and funneling the money over to the lab in Wuhan to continue the work they were doing. But the reality is this. Yes, if you look at the flow of money, it never stopped. The federal government in the United States continued to fund gain of function research first in the United States and then subsequently in Wuhan, China, despite the fact that there was a moratorium on doing such a thing. Uh, so essentially it was flight of hand. They accounted for the monies differently. Some of it they funneled through uh, EcoHealth Alliance. Others of it they attributed to the Department of Defense. Um, wow. And, and the de- this was a defense-related issue rather than showing that it was coming out of the NIH or the CDC. But the reality is the U.S. has its fingerprints and our tax dollars all over this. Uh, so, I, again, will will anybody be held accountable? Uh, I hate to say it, but, mm. you know, call me a skeptic, but probably
0: not. not. Okay, so sh- switching gears back to your original topic, which was the CDC's failure to investigate the mounting safety data. Let's get into that, all three of us. Go ahead. You start, Dr. Kelly.
2: Yeah, well, the reality is this. Their system, uh, people are very, very critical of the vaccine adverse event reporting system. Uh, they say, oh, it's overreported. You know, just because something's reported there doesn't mean it's vaccine-related and on and on. And that is all true. The reality, however, is this. The CDC is the one who developed that system. It's their system. This isn't something that got created by a bunch of, you know, tinfoil hat right wing, you know, nuts, um, who, who decided we'll come up with this system. This was the CDC system. They developed it 24 years ago now as the proverbial canary in the coal mine. It was supposed to be a pharmacovigilance system, which is supposed to be the early warning sign. In other words, after a drug, Uh, or a vaccine gets into the market, Uh, if doctors start seeing events that weren't predicted or hadn't been discovered during the testing period, they were supposed to report it to the the, VAERS system. Over the past 24 years, we have never, ever had anywhere near the kinds of reports that have happened since these vaccines for COVID were rolled out. These va- these reports of adverse events from the COVID vaccines eclipse by an order of magnitude the entire sum total of all of the adverse events that had been reported in 23 years prior to that wow. of all the vaccines combined. Wow! Yet, despite all of that, tens of thousands, hundreds now of thousands of reports, uh, you know, to to theirs about these. We think this is possibly related to the COVID vaccine and the CDC. Who owns the system has failed to investigate any of it. Instead, they just turn a blind eye, they scoff, they, uh, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Well, you're, it's your system. So, you know, you, you are, you are obligated to explain it, you're obligated to investigate it, and you are obligated to provide an explanation. Mm To the Americans who have been forced to take this thing, what the heck is going on?
0: Steve, you really wanted to bring this up as well. And you talked even before we went to break about the literally, I feel, and I know you agree with me, millions of people, not just in the United States, United States but worldwide that are affected by this. And frankly, that we're just scratching the surface on those numbers, I feel.
5: I, I think you're absolutely right, John. I have another concern, and that is you hear a lot. I don't disagree with anything Kelly just said. You hear a lot about politicians saying to people who are criticizing gain-of-function research, what the government's role was, mass lockdowns, et cetera, and saying we can't allow people to, to not um, trust government systems. But the reason why they want people to trust government systems is there's so much more under the covers here that's still hidden, in my opinion, not only the safety data or the lack thereof, the safety data, how research studies have been done, which Kelly has talked about before, but you have a whole bunch of people out there in places around this country who don't trust the government at all. I mean, they're not going to take this vaccine. They're not going to take almost any vaccine at this point because we've damaged the credibility to an extent that it's absolutely impossible. Well, then take with that that I know I know you guys heard this, but in Martin's talk, what I heard as well is that Fauci has two funds to do gain-of-function with. He has his own, and then he has a Defense Department fund, which, as it turns out, the two funds combined could be billions of dollars over a period of time. I might be wrong about that, but the way it sounded to me yeah. was he actually has the ability to do gain of funds, or he couldn't do gain of function legally, should be arrested for it, but he can sort of do it on the side with his defense funding in a different path. And I just think that there's so much of that crap happening, guys, inside well, the government that, that we're, we don't even know what's happening. We could find that there's another long con being played on us Right now, that plays out in the next year or two.
0: Let's not forget, Steve, that that, uh, Martin, which I have said all along, these were from the get-go a bioweapon development from the start. This was not some, you know, it it escaped the wet market and blah, blah, blah. This was, in fact, from the very beginning all the way back to the mid-'60s bioweapon development. Is that not what he said, Dr. Kelly?
2: No, that's, that's exactly right. He said this was a bioweapon. Um, and people cringe at that. Yeah, they don't like hearing that, do they? But Yeah, well, they, they do. And so, you know, let me demystify, first of all, the okay. gain of function. G- gain of function means to take any pathogen, any thing, whether it's a bacteria, a virus, possibly a fungus, something that's capable of, of producing disease, and to take that disease-capable entity and to make it stronger, stronger than it already was in nature. And you can do that by a lot of ways. You can make it more contagious, more transmissible. You can make it more resistant to treatment by antibiotics or antiviral medications. You can make it capable of infecting humans when it wasn't otherwise capable of that. It was before it only infected, say, a dog or a plant. Uh, you can make it so that it causes worse disease than it did previously. There are lots of things you can do to a pathogen to make it stronger.
4: Isn't, we're, we're really quick, Dr. Kelly, to
0: stop you so people can explain this even to co-workers, family members, and so on. Isn't that the definition of gain of function? In other words, we're going to make it better and or different than what it currently is now. That's gain of function, right?
2: Exactly. That is what gain of function is. You are adding an additional element of function, right. of ability to that pathogen, it's stronger, it's more, you know, less... less more uh, robust,
0: it's it's all sorts of robust. things, right? It, all more targeted, I, targeted. I mean, we can go do down it. the path of all the different things that gain of function means, right?
2: Exactly, but each one of those steps, in every the, the goal is to make it more powerful, to make it stronger, to make it a worse pathogen, okay. to make it a worse enemy, Okay. So the other word for that is weaponization. Okay. that, that is you, you are taking something and yep. you are making it a bigger weapon. Uh, you are making it stronger, more capable. You are enhancing it, enhancing its ability. Well, and to really quick, let's let me,
0: let's make sure we don't forget when you weaponize something because weapons target certain. Things, certain individuals, I'll get into some of what I mean by that in a little bit as well. But am I correct in saying that, Dr. Kelly? When you weaponize something, you are also making it more targetable.
2: C- correct. Okay. And so what happens is, and so that is what gain of function is. Now, people justify it by saying we need to do this so that we can be prepared to fight it should it happen in okay. nature or should one of our enemies i.e. the Chinese do it, you know, maybe it would be in our best interest to know, gosh, if they did that, how would we protect ourselves against it? The problem is this, and the reason the moratorium was placed, because this is dangerous business. Unfortunately, human beings are fallible, right. labs are fallible, mistakes get made, not just even human mistakes. Let's. There's a reason we call them computer glitches.
7: errors
2: happen, mistakes are made. And when you are talking about something, the stakes of which are as high as a weaponized pathogen getting out of a lab, escaping, spilling, getting somehow transmitted to somebody, that is huge, huge stakes. And it's why we decided, despite the potential for good science coming of it, it's just too dangerous. Yet, despite that, We had people in our own government, and it starts with people like Anthony Fauci, who said, I know better. I know better than the rest of you. So we're going to do it anyway. Mm. And that's what they did. So I cannot say with any level of certainty how it is that this particular pathogen got out to the public, whether it was released purposely, whether it was done to create the kind of economic havoc that they did, whether it was as a power grab or whether it was just pure abject incompetence on the part of some lab tech who spilled a vial. But I don't know. All I can tell you is that our fingerprints are all over this, mm-hmm. and it was somewhat predictable. And when you look at the fact that there were patents on things like vaccines that go back a decade, you really are led to believe that somebody knew or somebody knew for a long mm-hmm. time that this was in the planning to get out.
0: Steve, you and I talked a little bit about this last week, not quite into this depth, if you would. not of course, we didn't have that video and other things to watch leading into what we did last week. But all of this makes you, to your point earlier, never want to trust government again in the future, which, to me, that's a huge part of what we're talking about right now. But But on top of that, one thing I wanted to ask you, Everything Dr. Kelly just mentioned, and we know how these things are done in a lab, and people are in entire suits, respirators, the whole nine yards, and yet this thing gets released, and we're told, put a paper mask on, stay six feet, and you're going to be safe. I mean, are we just that gullible?
5: Well, I mean, we talked about vaccine safety and how most people don't know how vaccines are created and their safety. So we may be uninformed, ignorant, I wouldn't call it stupid, maybe somewhat gullible, but The one thing I will say about what Kelly just said, and I'm more than willing to debate this, is is that this was no accident. It did not leak out of the lab on purpose or leak out of the lab by accident, because that's not even a relevant question. It was created on purpose. It was done with money it wasn't supposed to have. It was done in the dark, in a place where our biggest enemy lives. We gave them money with their military overseeing it. I don't call this an accident. I don't care how it got out of the way. Well, I want to it add one more thing to
0: accident. that, Steve, to, to dovetail into what you're saying. Keep in mind, we have an enemy that knew they would benefit by having a positional change in the presidency, getting rid of a guy that was putting tariffs on them and really constraining what they had the ability to do moving forward. Let's instead put a guy in that we have in our back pocket that we've already been laundering money to through his son, which, by the way, we're finding all of that out. And I'm not just speaking off the cuff. These are all true statements I'm making. We can take one guy out, put another guy in. Steve, I'm with you. The timing of this is too suspect in how it affected our elections in 2020. 2020 for me to say it was released accidentally
5: yeah i mean in theory so the chinese start buying ppe and lots of it way in advance of everybody else so that could indicate that they knew it was coming i quite frankly and kelly i think i think you made a point earlier about 2018 i have a belief that it could have happened any time from 2018 onward based on the position of the pfizer and moderna guys and patents on mrna vaccines and you know the operation Work speed that wasn't that I think they could have done at any time. I think they picked a strategic time to do it for the reason John says. But there was no accident here, and we should never even consider the possibility that it was accidental. It was not because it was created for this reason.
2: Yeah, I think, yes, I, I, I agree with that. And I, I think that the this particular version of the virus, uh, which is not particularly lethal, by the way, Covid nineteen, it just isn't just what they wanted you to believe. It right. wasn't a a uh, significant virus by itself. It, sh- it simply was that it was so contagious and so able, able to be spread around. And then you know, with the help of the the fear factor was huge
0: of, with it. It was the biggest thing they used yeah, in their yeah. advantage.
2: And, and, yeah, and they and as well as the you know, the assistance of the completely faulty PCR test, you know, right. you, you could test a That's mango right. and get a positive. Um, which is what they did. Um uh, I think that this particular version of the virus uh got out or was released uh some point in the middle or late two thousand nineteen. Uh, but it had been well-crafted way before that. We have some evidence, uh, and uh, Tom Renz, again, the attorney Tom Renz, uh, has the actual medical records uh, of some people in the military who actually appear to have received vaccinations for this very version of the virus, mm. dating back to 2015, 2016. Um, so they, they were creating this this virus or this vaccine, uh, well, well in advance of the announcement of the pandemic. And also I might submit to you the likelihood that four completely independent pharmaceutical companies, J&J, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, they're, they're big competitors. Isn't it just remarkable that all four of them came up with the exact yeah. same target yeah. for their vaccine. Great point. The spike protein on this. they all came to the same in their secret labs with their highly, yeah. you know, confidential uh, R&D teams. They all managed to come up with the exact same solution. What do you think the likelihood so, of that happening is?
0: Go
5: ahead, I'm Steve. here to tell you, zero. So, so, yeah, it is zero. And Kelly, so one of the questions I have is, they wanted to get to this framework, this mRNA framework for vaccines, because they were going to make billions of dollars. And the profiteers, as David Martin said, were more than willing to back it up. Did they literally use the common cold, the coronavirus, because they knew that they could enhance its transmissibility, slightly improve its ability its, its ability to hurt people or kill people, only because they didn't want to have a worldwide meltdown. What they really wanted, which we ended up with, They really wanted was to get that framework in people's head, that it was the solution. And then something worse is coming. That's what I worry about with the second con, right, is Mm. that, you know, everybody knows the term mRNA. You know, there's big arguments about whether it's effective or not. I mean, I think we all know the truth, but there's a whole bunch of America and the world that still believe this vaccine is a good thing. So did they make it coronavirus on purpose just so that it wasn't so bad that they could test that vaccine and get it in play?
2: hundred percent. They never intended. Believe me, if they had intended to create a lethal virus, they would have done.
5: They so. would have done that. They yep.
2: didn't intend yep. to create. Yeah, yeah that's right. No, they, they created something specifically that's relatively mild in everybody, as you, you know, as we've said from the beginning. Furthermore, that is so prolific, that is so out there that if and you take this PCR test, which doesn't do a good job of differentiating between COVID-19 and the bazillion other coronaviruses that are out there at a background level all the time. And you shove swabs at people's noses every 15 minutes and go, Oh, COVID. Oh, COVID. There's more cases of COVID. You know, I, it, it simply, it was such a great, uh, such an easy thing to manipulate. And then again, as I've said from the beginning, the entire goal was to make MRNA a household word to make that platform, as yep. you said, Steve, something that we could uh, get everybody to accept, get everybody to believe somehow that this was going to be the savior. This was critical, and furthermore, that it was safe and totally tested and well vetted, and that you know this is something that we you know we should have no concern about using because they intend to make that common vaccine platform. You, it, for many, many other things, it's not only mm-hmm. incredibly profitable, but yep. it's an incredibly useful platform for them.
0: Yep. Well said. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come right back, Dr. Kelly. I know we've only got you for about another ten minutes or so. Once we come back, so hang tight. Questions continue to text them 307-200-8222. Keep this number handy for High Five Plumbing. It's eight seven seven. We High Five.
6: High Five Plumbing will help you keep your basement flood free with the right sump pump solutions. High Five can save you from water damage and costly foundation repairs, a sump pump replacement isn't an expensive fix, but putting it off can lead to more expensive repairs like flooring, walls, and mold damage. Basement flooding can also lead to eroded foundations or even cause your house to shift. With increased rainfall, sometimes it's necessary to install a second pump to handle the extra water volume. It's hard to tell if the pump is working on your own, so have High Five come out and take a look for you. As a valued KLZ listener, you'll enjoy a wave service call fee and $50 off the repair for a $100 total discount. So call High Five today at 1-877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or go to klzradio.com slash plumbing to schedule your visit.
0: And our financial advisor here at KLZ is Golden Eagle Financial. Give Al a call today as number 303-744-1128.
3: Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial has seen many of the things that can interrupt your retirement plans. He's like a coach. He'll look over your plan and use his 30 years of experience in retirement advisement to ensure that you're ready for any unforeseen contingency. Retirement plans can be derailed by any number of things. Mike Tyson once said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Al has the experience to expect the unexpected. He knows that there's a 50% chance you'll need long-term care, and on top of that, a 25% chance that the care will last more than a year and a half. Your retirement resources must be able to handle these expenses while preserving your financial independence without burdening your loved ones. Al Smith will guide you so that you'll be prepared and help you analyze your entire plan to give you a peace of mind that comes with being ready. Schedule a short meeting with Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial today by going to klzradio.com money and be prepared. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. A registered investment advisor, BCM and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. This
2: is Rush to Reason, powered by Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating and Air.
0: We are back. Dr. Kelly Victory, Steve House with us. Okay, Dr. Kelly, I've got a question for you. I know we've talked about this in the past, and I've had my own feelings on this. And there, of course, now is accusations against Robert Kennedy Jr. for being a racist because he feels like COVID-targeted people by race. What are your thoughts there?
2: Well, first of all, this is patently absurd, Uh, not only because I know Bobby Kennedy and I've known him for a long time, and he's the furthest thing from a racist – But because the reality is this, if COVID-19, like many, many other diseases, does target races
0: differently, the reality
2: is African-Americans and Hispanics have significantly higher levels, percentages of obesity than Caucasians do. They have higher incidence of diabetes than Caucasians do. Those are not racist facts. Those are statements of medical. It's just
0: data, facts. right?
2: Just, just like the, the chance that a Caucasian, myself included, is going to have sickle cell anemia hmm. is zero. I, because That is not a racist statement. White people don't get that disease. It is a disease of black people. So when something targets an individual, we know that the risk factors, the comorbidities – that put people at the biggest risk for COVID were obesity, diabetes, hypertension. And those very illnesses happen to happen more commonly in blacks and Hispanics. That's not a racist comment. So when Bobby Kennedy was saying something that's based on medical fact, but because it has political expediency, uh, the Democrats and other people who want to to sideline him and to censor him and to to take him off the platform have made it something an issue of racism.
0: Steve, that's one of those things that even before Dr. Kelly came along, you and I were talking about how you could look from the data and determine the people groups, not necessarily races, but just the people groups that, that coronavirus you know, COVID nineteen was essentially affecting more so than others. Now, we also said all the way through, and I'll still stand by this: there were a lot of things, a lot of diseases that, if you were extremely overweight and had ha- extremely overweight and had a lot of other things going on in your health background, things would affect you it would affect you negatively. We just didn't hear about it every day in the news because it wasn't, I guess, newsworthy where coronavirus was. Am I correct in that statement?
5: Yeah, and I mean you think about it. So a couple of things. One is um the coronavirus, which is as Kelly has mentioned, you know, basically a cold, um, low vitamin D levels, lack of proper fluids, those those are things that are, you know, indicated in a number of populations. I mean, especially people who don't have access to vitamin D or don't have access to proper fluids. So, you know, it's gonna kind of by by virtue of what it is, it's gonna target certain people just because of the nature of it. But I also think that Bobby Kennedy especially, I mean, there here's a guy When we talk about wanting, you know, the Democrats are really upset about the idea that people will not believe in the federal government based on what's happened with this and people dissenting. It's why they want to censor people. They censor the crap out of him because he is one of the most intelligent voices out there. I count Kelly Victory and a few others like this as well. But Bobby Kennedy, is hard to argue with. And what he does is he blames the government. So he's tearing down the government's trust structure Mm -hmm. with the people that it's supposed to govern. They got to do something about him. They're going to try to take him out any number of ways because he's one of the most dangerous people out there from the government's point of view. Yeah, they they don't like government hates,
0: by the way, government's plural, hate being told they're wrong. Correct?
5: Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no. you know, politics. I mean, go ahead, Kelly. I mean, it's absolutely. I just
0: say,
2: no We, you no know, the, 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 the question. They hate being told they're wrong. Uh, and they and hate they being told the they're wrong and, and they hate
0: competition. Let's make sure we're we're clear yeah. on both those things. Right
5: no question
0: right they right. hate they competition
5: that yep. competition they do
0: all right really quick but dr Kelly before you leave we' got five minutes left talk about the regulatory process and how it's been breached for all of these covid vaccines but others as well
2: yeah well the reality is uh, that the average vaccine takes you know six to eight years to come to market if it ever makes it at all. There's generally quite extensive testing for vaccines uh, because it takes a long time sometimes to uncover adverse events or to understand fully the impact on the immune system from a new drug or a new therapy or a new vaccine. Absolutely, without question, the COVID vaccines were rushed to market. They had essentially no safety testing done on them. Mm. There was no efficacy data done on them. They never even checked to see if it would stop the transmission of COVID from one person to the next. But what has come uncovered to many of us, and certainly many of us in the medical community, is understanding that much of the regulatory process was sidestepped or, you know, somehow um, – Undermined for many previous vaccines, it wasn't just COVID. A lot of them had safety data that was falsified or glossed over, or where certain uh, elements of the uh, the normally required testing were sidelined or you know skipped over. So I think that there's now this has really exposed. I think a lot of flaws in the regulatory process when it comes to vaccines, and this is largely related to the fact that vaccine manufacturers since 1996 have had absolutely zero liability for their products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you t- get, tell a company, produce what you want, make as much money as you want, and there's absolutely no repercussion, no liability, no risk mm-hmm. to you, if you end up creating an unsafe product, uh, this is what happens.
0: I've got one question that came in. I want to get to you, Dr. Kelly, before you leave. Steve, we can follow this up even after her if need be. There's reports of malaria cases in the U.S. Nan, this is a listener saying this. Now I read about large numbers of TB infected illegals being spread around the country. What mass disease will they throw at us next?
2: Well, all I can say is there's something else coming. I promise you, uh, malaria is definitely on my bingo card. Uh, so is Ebola and Marburg and lots of other things, as Steve intimated. Uh, the idea of them, the long con on this where they're going to roll out something the next time that is more mm-hmm. dangerous certainly is out there. Um, I can't say which one it's going to be, but you know, the idea that malaria may be something that they amp up the fear factor about is possible. Um, I I think it's too early to say.
0: Okay. With that, Dr. Kelly, I know you're up against the gun. I will let you go about a minute early because I know you've got things to do here this evening along these same lines. And, again, Dr. Kelly, thank you so much. Your time here is so valuable. I cannot tell you how many people tell me weekly how much they've learned from these past two-plus years of you being with us. I personally, my own family, we are greatly indebted to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, thanks for having me. It's always great. And I'm sorry i got to run early today, but I will be back next week.
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Steve. Uh, let me, I want you to dovetail into what we just talked about a moment ago as well, because I, like you, also feel like not only these things this listener mentioned and, and Dr. Kelly said, but I still think there's more lab-grown things that are going to hit us.
5: I agree. I, I want you to think about it in sort of a sports analogy, John. I mean, if you, if you were a football coach and you know this week's opponent had the greatest throwing quarterback out there, you would probably prepare to to defend the pass. Right. Just like the option. You're going to blitz. You're going to do
0: all sorts of things to defend against that as much as you can. You're going to get your your backfield all dialed in. You're going to have your corners running tight. You're going to maybe even switch out of a zone, and if you do a zone, you're going to be really tight on that. All sorts of things defensively you're going to do to play against that. Correct.
5: Right. So here's the analogy in case of what's coming next, and that is you have to look at the players and what those players are most interested in. So you have the Bill Gates of the world, Anthony Fauci of the world. You know, Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci are very different. Gates, in my opinion, wants to create a world where there's about 5 billion less people. Fauci wants to create a world where he can, for his family forever, because of the way these patents work, that the Fauci family will be wealthy for historical reasons forever with his legacy by creating the need for vaccines that he helped to create. So... On one hand, I look at it and go, all right, they, they throw Ebola at us or something like that. We have a death rate that's over 20 percent. Well, 20 percent benefits the guys who want to reduce population dramatically. Um, maybe yeah, and and I'm going to stop, re- stop
0: you there really quick. Okay. And I said this yesterday. Keep in mind, we've got people out there that want to drop the population from 8 billion to 800 million. That's a huge drop, Steve, far more than 20 percent.
5: Yeah, you'd have to have a combination of things occur. But then again, at the same time, what happens is, is when you lock down people, when you start to see people, you know, lose their lives over these viruses and vaccines, you stop producing things. So all of a sudden you have a world that at the time that we had 800 million people, we had the ability to support 800 million people. Right now we've got the ability to support 8 billion people. But if you really dramatically cut supply chain food production, distribution channels, etc., because you keep locking it down, eventually you'll only have the necessary components of distribution and resources to support a billion people. What happens? People starve to death. They get in very bad situations. Yep. I mean, it's it's all part of a long-term formula, in my opinion.
0: I mean, I, I don't know if people really understand the numbers that I just gave. And Steve, correct me if my math is wrong. That's a 90% reduction in the population, correct?
5: Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, a little bit, it's right around 90% exactly, right? 90%. So I mean, that, people, in other 90 words, we're going to wipe be, out
0: 90% of the world's population if these guys have their way. That is
5: exactly right. That's what they even the ones who only want 65% of the world population gone and going down to two and a half billion, John. Those are ridiculous numbers. Huge numbers, numbers. These are, of course. people. People who think the climate is going to destroy us. And in reality, there's so little evidence. It's so hard for people to point to and make it an emotional issue. But the other side of this coin, of course, is the street, the profiteers. David Martin talked about the guys who wanted to make profit. They don't really care, I don't think, about 7 billion people less or 5 billion people less. What they care about is, how do I make money and live a lifestyle that nobody else can?
0: Yep, that's exactly right. So you have both
5: players involved. You have both players involved. We can actually see two different strategies both designed to a make money and b reduce the population
0: and by the way i think some of these things frankly are already in play there's newsletters and things being you know written data things along those lines talking about the over 1 million americans that are already severely vaccine injured and i think that number steve is going to continue To grow, And that's just with this round, wait until we have another round where there's more of these jabs that will come about. To your point, I'm not trying to be a naysayer here by any means. You know me. That's not my nature at all. I'm more of that half glass full kind of a guy. But I also am a realist, and I want to make sure that people are prepared as we go down the road. And and I just, I I can't, I can't reasonably say there's not going to be another one of these because we've already been set up for one.
5: Well, also think about what this one actually did two of the biggest increases in mortality based on what happened with the coronavirus and more importantly, the vaccine is it's based on maternal things. Right. So we have 292,000 more people on an annual basis that get breast cancer that are young, mm. which helps to, to, to stop the production of, of children and new, new right. births into families. And at the same time, you have massive increases in miscarriages. So from a population control point of view, we look at the people who drop dead. We look at the Jamie Foxes who get strokes and things like that, or De- DeMar Hamlin. We look at that, but what we don't look at so much is we don't look at the child that was never born, right. the miscarries that occurred before they ever knew it, or, of course, the mother who can no longer bear children because she went through right. massive chemotherapy and the other issues. That's creating population control that doesn't make the news so much, right. because there wasn't a human being who died. There was a baby in, the, in a womb who died.
0: And that's the issue. We already, and I saw the stats earlier this week, and I'm glad that you're talking about that. We as a country right now are currently – since you and I started talking – 10 years ago, we were already about, when you and I first started talking, our birth rate was around 2.1 or so, 2.2 when you and I started talking. It was just slightly below the 2.3 needed to keep things going as a country. I looked Monday, and our rate currently right now in the United States of America, we have gone from in just 10 years when you and I first started talking, and we are 2.2, 2.1, we're now at 1.6, Steve. We've dropped a full half a percentage point.
5: I know. You, know. you know what's interesting is that you may never have seen this, but there's a book out there called One Second After. Oh, yeah, read it. it talks about,
0: I actually made right, video by the, a for everybody listening. Uh, William for- Fortune, who actually wrote that book, is going to join me tomorrow on Ready Radio. He does on a routine basis. So, yes, Steve, very familiar with that. And we're becoming close friends with the author.
5: Yeah, you know, to me, I mean, I've read the book, and I, I actually listened to it on tape as well. And one thing that strikes me about that so much is that once you have any type of catastrophe – People get desperate to do things because they don't know what to do. Yep. That desperation turns into mass reductions in population. People die because, you know, they take risks they shouldn't take in eating things they shouldn't or fighting for food they shouldn't. Pro- I mean, just once you create chaos, it creates mass problems yep. in a society and you lose people. Yep. And you know what? I think if you look at what Ian, that, that book showed, They lost nearly 90% of the population in the first year in the areas of the United States that were affected by itself.
0: That's right. They lost within within the first 30 days, according to that book, and I think the numbers are even off in today's world, knowing what happened during corona, uh, Steve, or during the virus. uh, Bill predicts that in the first 30 days, a third of the population is gone.
5: Yeah. I mean, people aren't especially with the chronic disease rate, the dependence on drugs in this country, you can't get insulin. You can't get the drugs you need. People are going to die at a very high rate. And one of the reasons why I have an EMP healed myself. I mean, it's just one of those things that I think is dangerous enough that people need to prepare themselves. But, Bill is right. Something like that is entirely possible. And the less you can support a population, the less population you're going to have. That's
0: right. All right. I'll leave it with that. Steve, as always, thank you. Thank you. Again, indebted to you for putting all this together in the first place. Uh, Again, I cannot tell you how many comments I get from people I see, listeners and so on. I just got a text message in from somebody saying, hey, my family listens to you out of state every single Thursday to gather the information we're giving out. So, Steve, this has been very effective. Thank you.
5: I can't wait to celebrate our 25th anniversary, 25 years doing it, John. It'll happen if
6: we're still both
0: here. (laughs) Uh, Amen. Steve, appreciate you very much. Thank you, as always. You bet. Have a great night. Appreciate it very much. And everything I said there, I mean sincerely. Those are great dear friends of not only mine personally, but of our program here at klz as well so i want to thank them very thank them both very much for what they do veteran windows and doors is up next again somebody i want to thank is dave bancroft who takes care of our customers our listeners very well he wants to make sure that you are completely satisfied find him at klzradio.com
1: veteran windows and doors doesn't want you to fall prey to gimmicks like heat lamps they want you to make a wise decision based on facts Owner Dave Bancroft says making sure your windows are up to code and properly labeled is just the first step of the installation process with veteran windows and doors. Dave promises their windows and doors meet the energy efficiency requirements, are right for your area of Colorado, and are correctly labeled at installation. The NFRC label is attached to the Energy Star label, and both must be energy efficient, or you will not receive any of the generous rebates that are available to you. Also, you need a transferable lifetime guarantee on the windows and doors that you invest in for your home, and owner Dave Bancroft provides that peace of mind, too. Veteran Windows and Doors prioritize integrity over gimmicks. Because in the end, it's not about the show, it's about the facts. Go to klzradio.com slash window today for windows and doors that stand the test of time.
0: All right, up next, Bruce Simmons, he is our reverse mortgage specialist. We'll hear from Bruce, by the way, at 3 o'clock tomorrow in our first segment here on Rush to Reason as well. But if you need anything when it comes to reverse mortgage and want to know if it's right for you, just give Bruce a call today. You can find him at klzradio.com or his direct line, 303-467-7821.
3: A reverse mortgage is not the impossibility you once thought. If you're properly prepared... Or schedule online now at KLZradio.com slash reverse. NMLS four zero nine nine one four. American Liberty Mortgage is an equal housing lender.
0: KNR okay, Home Transitions, you get two realtors for the price of one. Call them today. Find them, by the way, and the ability to call them at KLZRadio.com.
6: You need to sell your home, but it needs some remodeling that Sounds simple. All you need to do is source contractors, research the market to find out what buyers are looking for, direct the work to be done, hire someone to clean up the mess, do the work, shoot photography and list the home, negotiate with buyers, make concessions and redo some of the work you already did. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound very simple. But there is a better option. You can hire Kat and Robin of KR Home Transitions and let them partner with REUP to handle the updates without paying a dime up front. REUP will remodel your home based on what will sell and increase value they will do the work clean the mess and cat and robin will market and list the home to sell fast knr will help you navigate the process start to finish you can let them do the work and enjoy the additional cash you make from selling a highly marketable home faster than you could have go to klzradiocom home to learn more about k and r home transitions and re
2: It's time to leave your safe
0: space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, that's it for this hour. We do have another special guest joining us at 4 o'clock, top of the hour. Ron Fleming, he wrote a book, Wuhan Unleashed. The true true story of bioweapons and the start of the pandemic dovetails right in to what we were just talking about with Dr. Kelly Victory and Steve House. Yes, I planned that on purpose so we could just continue on through that next segment with him as well. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.